0: welcome to the our creatures podcast today very excited and i know i always say i'm excited about the interview because i always am but this one i mean i've been going back and forth with my guest for a couple months now trying to get this on the books he's so busy uh in nepal but i am so excited today to introduce sonam lama who is the conservation manager with the red panda network uh as we say in new zealand Kiora ora sonam how are you doing
1: Kia ora, Chris. Uh, namaste, everyone listening out there. And thank you, Chris, for inviting me and Red Panda Network yeah. for hey, your gonna... very outstanding podcast.
0: Thank you. We uh, yeah. Sonam spent some time in New Zealand, so it's been fun uh, talking to him a little bit about where he's been. And he has been up in my neck of the woods, so we're going to get there. But... Uh, so, now, first, I have to say congratulations. He is a Whitley Award winner. This award is extremely prestigious in the conservation world. Uh, I think it's it's so important to point that out because the Whitley Awards recognize the people on the ground. Like we said, these are conservation heroes. They are out there fighting for these animals. Uh, they're, in some instances, the species' last last hope. And Sonam and all the people at the Red Panda Network are are saving these animals and all the other species in Nepal. So congratulations on that, Sonam. And just to get going, can you just kind of give us your background? Because we have so many young listeners and, and, uh, you know, from young children, uh, teenagers, Mm -hmm. college students, they email us asking, how do I get started in this? So I love telling uh, these origin stories. So where did you grow up and, and what kind of drew you towards making a career in in nature you know studying nature, protecting nature
1: right yeah because um uh, i'm a I'm a village boy uh, I grew up in a village uh, uh which is in the far eastern part of Nepal, uh actually the northeastern corner of Nepal where uh, my village was the last village. Um, when you go trekking to the highest mountain in the world, that's uh, Kanchenjunga, And I grew up, grew up there. And when I was child, there was no electricity, no access to road. And there was a basic uh, school from the government of Nepal. And I studied there until grade 8. And uh, for the grade 9 and 10, I have to go to the end of the village, which was three hours uh, hiking from my village. And that was very, uh, very nice thing to to go back. Now, so my village is now connected with the internet, uh, telephone, mobile towers, and and we also have just a road network. Uh, maybe two years back, so I'm going to my village next week after six years, um, where I used to walk for eighteen hours to get the bus, but uh, this time i'm going to my village after six years in a jeep, so. so that's that's quite quite interesting for me uh, for the next next week so when i grew up in my village uh there was a the nature was everywhere uh people used to live in a close harmony with the nature because our uh, firewood the uh, fuel for cooking and heating our homes was from the nature and um our our people, our my father and everyone used to uh get their their farms uh done in the in the in the in the forest because they used to cut the forest and they had to uh they have to cultivate something some crops in a year and then go goes to the another one another another site and when i was child there was not much uh emphasis given on the nature conservation uh from our our, our parents because uh, it was just like a, uh, 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 it was free, free from nature. So people uh, doesn't have any kind of value uh, at that time. But when the go- government of Nepal and WWF Nepal introduced a, a conservation project in my, my village in 1996, that is Kansananga conservation area, and, and interestingly, that was also, also led by one of the contributors in Nepal who was uh, educated in New Zealand. So after after many years, I also ended up doing my master's in New Zealand. So after seeing their ground conservation work, I am quite fascinated uh, and I learned that uh, nature should be should be uh, in harmony with the people. Nature is the only solution for the livelihood of the people. So, so seeing their groundwork, I became interested to in conception. And then I tried to look after how I can get to And Then I, I joined uh, forestry degree for my higher, high school degree. And after that, I received uh, uh, a scholarship to continue my bachelor's in forestry from WWM. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the my childhood background
0: yeah it is it is fascinating that uh, we 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 talk about nepal quite a bit so it's great to to talk somebody that that's working in conservation there because the the research coming out of nepal uh, the conservation-based approaches that we're going to talk about with your projects uh, to me and and to to angie my podcast partner when we talk about this a lot it's a roadmap for other parts of the world and uh, you know growing up or growing up in the united states but now living here in new zealand i see community-based conservation i i volunteer a little bit around here too to to help preserve wildlife so growing up in, in one of the biodiversity bi- very rich biodiversity there where you live in nepal and i know a lot of our listeners would like just love to come visit your country and hopefully they can one day so it it's interesting to hear your story. Talk about how the government said, "Okay, now we're going to start doing conservation and and sponsor you." To to is that true? That they is that what led you to go get your your master's degree here in New Zealand and then also in Germany? Right, you went off to Germany and did some research there or or did some study in there.
1: Right, and after my master's degree, I, I I was working before before my master's degree. I was yeah. working with the Red Panda Network, yeah. and after my master's degree, I Again, worked for Red Panda for more than two years in the field. I was best in the field when we started Red Panda, and and I, had, I I I had a dream to do a master's degree in international university, and and, and 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 New Zealand was on my list because I have seen many uh, conservationists in Nepal. They were educated in New Zealand, and there was a long relationship between New Zealand the government of New Zealand and Nepal. Uh, with the legacy of Sir Sepatenjin and Sir Ed so so one of the one of the uh, one of the students who was uh, uh, educated in Lincoln University was dying in a helicopter accident, which was very tragic uh, during the um, established not the established launching of the Kansasanga concepts project. and in memory of in his memory the, the Lincoln University wWF. And the Greater Himalaya Foundation has founded a scholarship for Nepali students to study tourism or nature conservation in Lincoln University. So I applied for that scholarship in 2016, and I got selected. and then I, I chose a course that was called Masters in International Nature Conservation, which was a, a bi-university degree uh, between Lincoln University in New Zealand and Göttingen University in Germany. So I my prime university was Lincoln University. So I went to New Zealand, uh Germany mm-hmm. for one semester. And in the Department of Pest Management in Lincoln University, I worked with uh with a professor uh Edwin Patterson and James Ross uh to study the diversity of mammals in Eastern Nepal, yeah, which was quite interesting, and we discovered some some new mm-hmm. uh
0: Items for wildlife in Nepal. Yeah, no, and, and, and did, you, did you say Tensing Norway, right? Like the the mountaineering aspect. I forgot that connection between us here in New Zealand and Nepal and and the, the rich history there in the last few decades. And that's that's you must have been an outstanding student to get that scholarship to come study down here. So congrats on that. Thank you. So your research, your master's research, it it, it reading some of it the description of it they say it's groundbreaking because were you one of the first to to radio collar red pandas is that what your master's work was was about or what was some of that research that you were involved with early on with the red panda network
1: uh yeah the that for my master's degree we did a, a camera study on red pandas and all the wildlife we wanted to access the diversity of mammals in the eastern part of Nepal, which is a very important biodiversity area, in the Eastern Himalayas, because it connects the habitat between um, India and also with uh, Bhutan and and also with the China. So, so, so being that diverse uh, habitat for wildlife, the area was not investigated before. So we 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 didn't have any concrete. Uh, concrete data on the diversity of the wildlife species there so we did that one in 2018 and 2019 so our camera tribe study revealed that uh, there are many uh, species which are recorded for the first time um, uh, which have regional importance for Nepal and which are also endangered for Nepal and also globally. And one of the one of the cat species that's called Marble Cat was first time photographed during our, our study. And that was very remarkable for the cat lovers. And 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 yeah, the 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 GPS colouring story of Red Panda, uh, we did that one in in 2020 and 2021. That is not part of my research, but okay. that was led by one of our colleagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, former colleague, uh, who was doing his PhD and he just finished his PhD, uh, from, from one of the university in Australia. So, so that was a part of that. One. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was just interesting. Cause I know that's a lot of what you're doing now. Well, I, I kind of want to back up a little bit now and, and what, why Red Pandas for you? And and how did you because you reading your story too? You were there at the beginning of the Red Panda Network, which is always fascinating to me. Uh, you know, I've talked to, to other conservation experts from around the world and how they found these organizations. I just, oh, I gotta tap my tip my hat to you for, for, for being a part of that. So why red pandas? What, what really drew you in? I mean, everybody looks at a red panda and goes, Oh my God, they're the cutest things ever. They're so charismatic. Uh, they're just such a phenomenal animal, but why specifically? Cause you have so much biodiversity there in N- Nepal. What drew mm-hmm. you to them to, to study and, and fight to, to save? Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris, uh,
1: there's a, there's a, there's a story behind why I'm I am following red panda <laughs> for more than a decade. Yeah. So when I was a child, uh there was a red panda, stopped red panda in my home. And I was not aware that that animal is in danger one. And that was like a toy for me. And and my father used to uh use that stopped red panda as a scarecrow because we had to uh, dry our grains in the sun. So when they have to uh, dry the or dry the grains, they they put that stuffed red panda just just behind the grains, and then the chickens will will not come there to eat that grains, and the birds also will be scared there. <laughs> so and later on, when, when I was studying studying in the college, and I read a news about someone studying about red panda from United States and. Uh, his name is Brian Williams uh, He's the he is the founder of the red panda network and mm-hmm. when i i read that news and i i i i i think back to my childhood story oh that that red panda was at my home so someone from very far is here to study that animal in my village so so that fueled my curiosity about the red panda and during until that time uh, there was no any definite consumption majors being applied in our areas and and people are not giving attention to that tiny animal it was it is definitely a uh, charismatic animal and mm-hmm. everyone loves it but 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 when the people of my villages uh they were mostly doing agriculture thing and and livestock ranching so they they don't care about the red pandas mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. because they are mostly concentrated to fulfill their livelihood opportunities. And after that, I became interested to study more about uh, red pandas and I, I came in contact with the Brian Williams and and later he founded the Red Panda Network. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the Pericute Spaces and that has some kind of story connected with my childhood and that can represent the the landscape of my my hometown yeah. so that's the perfect match for me and then i became interested i talked with brian and we started to work together for the sake of nature for the sake of our people yeah. uh in our own areas yeah
0: yeah it's 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 a very common story these livestock or or, or you know agriculture and, and human wildlife conflict but Again, like I, I go back to Nepal when i when I talk about, you know, some of these studies that are coming out of there, like especially with like uh, you know snow leopards and stuff, uh, a lot of conflicts there. and how Nepal's kind of leading the way, showing the world how to live side by side each other. So what's going on? I guess if you can kind of describe what are the current challenges of the red Panda today? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you talked about that, it's fascinating story too, that you had a stuffed red panda to to keep the chickens away. It's hilarious. But Mm -hmm. what, I I guess pre COVID, because I know during COVID, I'd like to ask you, I'd like to follow up or if you can remember, follow up how they're doing with COVID, because I know that's had an impact on them pre COVID. What was it looking like for red pandas there uh, in that part of the world?
1: Uh, yes cuz uh, there are some 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 changes ups and downs pre and post covid and during the covid so so the biggest threat for red panda is is the destruction of habitat uh, we are losing habitat every day uh and the red pandas are mostly found in asian countries that are five countries nepal india bhutan china and myanmar and and development is being massive in every country. So they live in the mountains, So uh, as the, the mountain ecosystem is very fragile. And people are also, and the red pandas are are found in Nepal, in the human domain, let because there are people scattered in the mountains and they have to build the roads to go, to travel there from one village to another village. Uh, so the law enforcement is not that uh, not that in the right track and the priority of every every people is development. So the first one is the first massive challenge for the red partners is uh, loss of the habitat globally. But in the recent days, the the second most pressing challenge for red partners, particularly for Nepal is watching an illegal trade of their skin or pulse. And if we compare the data uh, pre-COVID, during COVID, and post-COVID, there is a significant difference between uh, the number of red panda skin being traded. Uh, the skin of red panda being traded in Nepal uh, uh, skyrocketed during the COVID season because there was a reverse migration of people from city to villages. So during that time, I think they were able to collect more red pandas, uh, killed red pandas, uh, higher than the pre COVID. So uh, during and soon after the COVID, we analyzed the data and we were almost losing our red panda in every 10 days for So that was quite a challenging thing for us now. And we have been uh, developing strategies and I feel like that can uh, uh, counter such negative consequences in the, in, the, in the in the in the
0: head yeah it's it is it's distressing. I mean it was what fifty percent reduction in population in the last twenty years of red pandas across the range and like you said during covid it it spiked in in poaching incidents now is that because you know, because I think we're still gathering data uh, around the mm-hmm. world on on how animals have fared uh, with poaching, mm-hmm. you know in Africa. it It was rhinos. I think the data was showing rhinos and elephants were being poached less, but other species were being poached higher. so in that area of the world, is it is it just to get the skins and sell the skins, or is it? Do people eat red panda for survival or mm. is it just their nuisance and, Hey, nobody's out here watching us. We just got to get rid of them.
1: Because mm, yeah, it's, it's only for selling red panda pills. Yeah, okay. uh, people really don't eat red panda.
0: Yeah, I don't meat. think so, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they they have a conception that they can make a lot of money from the skin of red panda, but, okay. but it's not true. And yeah. They don't have any definite market
0: yeah well okay so that's the bad that's 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 not the the bad news or the not so good news but the good news is you're out there the red panda network is out there fighting for mm-hmm. these animals how i guess a, a big question for you is how difficult is it to study them in the wild because these are some pretty remote regions right where you go and watch the videos i mean they're fascinating. But you're you're getting in some deep bush and some high mountains and you know it, it, it really some crazy places in Nepal, right? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah,
1: it's um, it's both. It's hard and it's fun and it's easy too, mm-hmm. uh, because we forget everything. Every hardships when we spot a red panda, and mm-hmm. it looks like a miracle for me every time when I spot a red panda. It's a it's a tiny creature and um, it lives in the very high mountains with um, uh with a thick canopy cover, big trees, and, and 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 there is there is a lot of bamboos, very dense bamboo on the, on the story. Uh so it is it's quite hard to spot a red one because they are very low in numbers mm. and they really, really camouflage well in the in the musty uh, habitat because uh, there are oak trees and a lot of mosses on the trees, so it's very really hard to spot them. But at the same time, um, it, the reward is when we spot a red panda, uh, we forget them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it. That's yeah, you, you you find them. It's like you celebrate. I have trouble finding yeah. them at the zoos. Like when I go and see them, I'm like, where is this red panda? And it takes forever to finally see them <sighs> in the canopy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, it's very hard, but yeah, yeah uh, with the modern technologies like the GPS calling, mm-hmm. GPS tracking, uh, we have some kind of um, some kind of uh, easiness that we can track them, track them well, and we did that one in in the past few years.
0: Mm-hmm. This is Face Off, an eight part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous US China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a US admiral, even Yo Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face Off launches april 9th yeah so that's i had a question i don't know if you can answer this or not but when you spot them in the trees how do you safely get them to put a collar on them it's you know (laughs) because they're so high up and you know you obviously got to be careful and 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 so how do you how do you really get get them to get those collars on them
1: yeah Uh, mm, yeah it's it's, it's really hard to cast them. They, they live in a big trees up in the canopy and it's really hard to trap them mm-hmm. so we devised uh devised some some techniques and that's all already published in the journal mm-hmm. um so if you guys are interested you can look and take a reference for other animals and it is quite quite similar to the koala mm-hmm. resource and uh, trapping techniques we also refer techniques from koala research that happen in australia so when we spot a red panda in the tree uh, uh, definitely a red panda is very silent you know, so they don't uh, run fast from tree to trees so when we spot them they they keep looking to us and if there is no any connected branches between the trees they don't they cannot escape so we uh, we first fenced off the areas uh, at the bottom of the tree, the big tree. We fenced off the area with some some. We we built a, a fencing of mattresses, mm-hmm. and then we keep a trap in a in a, in a, in an exit point where the red pandas think that the the trap is very transparent on on the other side of the exit. So red panda thinks that they they can escape from there. So so he or she enters into that trap, and that that is trapped into that that um, that especially designed trap. So within a, within a few few minutes, a few, few seconds, we we handle them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and we can we can capture them from the trap, and then we provide some some medicines that can um, that can keep them uh, very silent for a few 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 minutes and so after that we 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 take measurements of everything weight and length and whatever we have to do and put the collars on and then after we provide them antidotes and they get pressed and we monitor them for a few hours when when they get pressed and they are released.
0: Mm. I, I can tell you live in the dream for many of our listeners and myself and Angie, it's, it's, it's studying animals in the wild like you do and being able to, to handle them safely to, to, to learn. And I want to ask you next what you're learning from them, but yeah, I'm jealous here in New Zealand, I'm like, Oh, I would love to be up there in Nepal. But then after, you know, hiking up in the mountains and stuff and, and the frustrations and you're like, Oh, I can imagine uh, the victory when you finally get one of these callers on them. So yeah. what's, What's some of the data that you're getting back, uh, with these studies? Yeah, we are, see, we already,
1: um, uh, received uh, all the data from 10 red pandas um, until 2021. So our colleague, Dumber Vista, who did the PhD, hmm. uh, on this research, uh, he, actually, I just received a copy of his PhD hmm. dissertation yesterday oh, yeah. and, okay. um, and it, it is one of my happiest days in, in the in, in the red panda concepts in Korea. So, so he already published uh, five or six communications from that study. Uh and the remarkable one is how uh, we have updated uh data on the home range of red pandas. Mm. And the uh, the previous one was based on radio coloring. Now our is a GPS one because uh, the radio colouring story done in Nepal by one of the, one of the, one of the scientists back in nineteen ninety 1990s 90s or 1990s, 1970s mm-hmm. was um, was needed to be updated so we have updated data now so so we have uh, we also learned that uh, they need a space uh when the red pandas uh becomes adult um they, they they look for the uh, new homes mm. they want they, they also make a territory because pond is very sigh and silent animals but still they they have they have to defend their territory so so to look uh, or to search a new home, they have to travel very far and there are a lot of disturbances along the, their routes because uh, there are uh, villages, In the mountain between the habitats and there are roads and there are cattle herding stations and ducks free ranging ducks everywhere so there are a lot of noises for red pandas uh, to easily migrate Mm. uh, between their habitats so one of the red panda traveled very far and he also went he traveled to india Mm-hmm. where the habitat was quite good. And then he also he again came back to Nepal and traveled, traveled far to get a new home. And that that data, that understanding we received from our study, GP Scholar study, um, 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 made us to realize that we had to uh, make a corridor for advance. So so in 2016 we did a national type of red panda habitat survey for Nepal. Before that we didn't have any concrete data on red panda dist- distribution in Nepal. And along the along the gradient of red panda habitat, uh, we found out that there are more than 400 different red panda habitat patches along the along the east-west western Nepal. Mm-hmm. So so our our Focus would be on restoring, uh, connecting those uh, islands. Uh, uh, after that, we are we have been working um, working heavily on restoring wetland habitats.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's doing really really uh, good work. It. Wh- I don't know where I want to go to it. it, it, it- <laughs> The other species that are benefiting from your research, you know, because mm-hmm. we talk about red pandas a lot, are they kind of seen as an umbrella species protecting others in their habitat? I mean, there's so many, I mean, you have mm-hmm. elephants and you have rhinos and you have, you know, snow leopards and uh, other leopards like, it, and, and like I said, the marble cat, right? That was, that was the one you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah. 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 So cat, yeah. It, is are there other species that are, that are benefiting from this? Yeah, definitely. Because um,
1: red panda is uh, taken as a heart mm-hmm. um, of the forest, uh, uh, because when we save the red pandas, uh, they need uh, they're, they're, they're really sensitive wildlife. So we have to uh, take care of their habitat in a in a in a maximum way. Mm-hmm. So when we protect their habitat, uh, definitely. The, the temperate broadleaf forest of the eastern Himalaya, where red pandas are living, is a home to many Indian environments, and including tiger. And that was very fascinating yeah. for us. To us in twenty nineteen, uh, when we were studying red panda with the GPS collar, we also tried to uh, cross verify how the red pandas, people, and livestock and feral ducks are interacting. Yeah. So we placed camera traps around the habitats of red Panda, where we have GPS collar Red pandas. So fortunately, uh, that camera trap also captured Bengal tiger <laughs> in a record high altitude for Nepal, and that was wow. never been there before.
0: Yeah! Wow! Wow! And, wow! Yeah,
1: and it was um, it was in a in a in a thirty one hundred seventy five meter altitude in Eastern Nepal. Wow! So, so red panda, the habitat of red panda, not only provides home mm. for the for the other cats, it's also for the Bengal tiger, and there are clouded leopards, very charismatic wild cat, mm. and we have a we have a data of red panda and clouded leopards sharing the same tree. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's that was very very interesting. Yeah. And there are a lot of leopards in the red panda habitat. And there, there is a there's a there's a there's mammal called spotted linsang, mm. which is Indian for Nepal. We also recorded for the first time in eastern Nepal during our study on red panda. So so definitely the habitat of red panda provides home for many other endangered wildlife. And 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 if we talk about the illegal trade, uh, the must traffic wildlife, wild mammals is Pangolin one, and the pangolin also mm-hmm. they don't share the habitat with the red pandas, but they uh, the, our our protection of red panda habitat also benefits them because they are just on the on the edge. When the habitat of pangolin finishes, then the habitat of red panda starts. Yeah, yeah. So we are also looking, trying to work uh, in a small way for the concepts of pangolin. Where we are working.
0: I know it's uh, the pangolin. It's just the silent extinction that's going on with them. And, and people seem to forget, like you said, the most trafficked animal in the world and, and their story is, is wow. You know, heartbreaking from Africa to Asia, uh, what's going mm-hmm. on with them. Yeah. yeah. It, um, so looking at your Whitley award, it, it, it's not only the radio collaring, but what other uses are the funds going to, towards? And I guess I want to get to your community based, uh, support. What does that look like? Because, in my opinion, and again, I just been doing this for a few years and reading the research. And like I think I, I told you, I think before we started recording that I just always felt that the community based approaches that Nepal's leading and we're seeing in other other parts of the world pick up pace in Africa, South Af- uh, South America, uh here in New Zealand, um, Australia, in Asia. It, that is the key to me and and i don't know so can you kind of talk about that like like where the 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 whitley award you know what you got the money for and and where you're going you know not just continuing the radio tracking which is critical but what Mm -hmm. else are you what else are you starting you and the red panda network are starting to uh investigate and and and, uh you know get on the ground and, and get started on yeah, uh,
1: the 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 deepest striking of red Panda was a collaboration between uh, between the Queensland University Red Panda Network and and the Rodo Ramsu, who has been our supporter since we started red panda pandas. Mm-hmm. Uh The Rodo Ramsu from the Netherlands uh, they provided us financial support and also the technical support from from their staff to handle red pandas because it's a very sensitive to handle red pandas in the wild. So one of our colleagues in the rural Zoo, Jan he did a, a a test of the GPS colors on their zoo red pandas. So that mm-hmm. was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And coming to the Whitley awards, um, I'm very grateful to the Whitley Fund for Nature for recognizing our uh, groundwork of red panda consumption, which has which we joined for more than one, 1. 1.5 decades. In Nepal, and we are still trying to get into other red panda states for the same one to replicate our community-based red panda conservation project. And the Whitley Award, uh, which we which we received in 2022, uh, is a very remarkable uh, during the journey of red panda conservation because it not only provided us financial support to to continue or to upscale our community-based platform project, but also it provided us platforms to connect with the fellow conservationists, with the funders and supporters, and we get a lot of uh, highlights uh, attention from conservation community, which is very helpful. And the major funds from the Whitley Awards is uh, is is for the for the restoration of panda habitat. So we are restoring around 200 hectares of red panda habitat in eastern Nepal by the fund from with And the second one is the, the lack of awareness on red panda conservation. So we have a data or we have a study done on illegal trade of red panda. Based on that data, we have some focus. Villages are focused districts where we have to conduct um, awareness on red panda concepts. So we will we'll be conducting red panda concepts and awareness programs in the villages out there uh, who have previously been involved in illegal trade of trade trapping of red panda fells and posing. So we have been using one of our iconic uh, actor from Nepal, mm-hmm. ayahang Rai. So with his help, we, we, we will be reaching out to more than 100 community people to to spread the red panda conservation awareness. Um, more than that, we we will we will conduct the regular anti-poaching patrolling in new districts. So 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 tomorrow we are signing a contract with the new district uh, NGO partners in Nepal. So we have we'll be able to um in three more districts to conduct red panda conservation project in eastern nepal yeah these are the these are the some of the some of the
0: some of the yeah oh uh, highlights <laughs> yeah it's a lot yeah, it's a lot i mean even you know and then getting women in conservation in nepal that was part of the 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 whitley award which is very, oh, right, right, right right yeah
1: yeah right yeah, yeah um we, yeah, we have some some restoration guardians. that means they are they are the key players in our restoration project uh they they take care of seedlings in the nurseries they, they transplant nurseries transplants small seedlings in the in the planting sites and and they take care of the plants mm-hmm. we planted so they are called restoration gardens and mostly they are female
0: yeah, no, and and you're right. To getting such a prestigious award and and being recognized for the work, it definitely helps spotlight that part of the world. And and, and it's just such a like we said, charismatic. We do not want red pandas to go extinct. Please, please, you know. And I'm going to push at the end to for for people if they can give any money to the Red Panda Network. I've given money to the Red Panda Network. Uh, these are uh, such important animals. But we'll do that at the end. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you, Chris. Yeah, just a few more questions because I, I I know you're you're busy. You're very very busy. Um, I guess my next question was the overall outlook in Nepal. Do I have it right that? Yeah, and it, I guess it's sometimes it's hard when you live there, like in New Zealand, and you know this from living here very green we're pushing green policies but yet we still we still burn a lot of coal and we still have things that we need to get done here um to to be sustainable and and reduce our carbon footprints and things like that but i feel like new zealand's one of the countries in the world that's leading the way and and showing people how to conserve our wildlife and how to be better citizens of this planet right do i have Hmm. it right that nepal is really focused on conservation and wants to protect their wildlife. Uh, you know, with your project, the red panda. Like I said, the tiger. I forgot to even think about the the tigers in Nepal. Uh, but all the wildlife there is—is is that true? Is Nepal really a lot of good works going on around you to preserve your species?
1: Yeah, definitely, Chris. Because there are a lot of noises from around the world. But in terms of Nepal, we have instability in politics and many things. But, but in terms of conservation of wildlife and and landscape uh, label conservation, Nepal is somehow somehow an example. Yeah. And we we talk about the conservation of megafauna like tigers and rhinos and elephant, mm-hmm. uh and small labor also. Uh, 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 We have, uh, I think, we we set some standards for for the global conservation communities because when the when the government of uh, every tiger range states uh, declared or they they agreed to double the number of tigers in twenty
0: ten,
1: and this year was the target year. And the and we doubled, not only doubled, we increased the number of tigers by 190%. Oh wow. And wow. now we have 355 tigers in the world. Mm-hmm. Nepal is the first country to achieve that um, TX2 goal, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but also we have to look after some of the other aspects of uh, harmony between tiger and people. Uh, so, I think our government will definitely look after that one. And if we talk about the uh, uh, snow leopard conservation, Nepal is also one of the example in community based snow leopard conservation with uh, with providing schemes of uh, insurance to the livestock holders who whose lives depend who depends upon their live livestock. Mm-hmm. So that's a very crucial one. And we have a very stable number of. Uh, rhino populations with many zero poaching here, uh in Nepal, uh, because in, in, in maybe one, one decade before there was a very uh, bad condition of rhino poaching and threat mm-hmm. in Nepal. So now we now we have uh, some kind of stable rhino population too, but still our our focus is mainly on the megafauna. Yeah. So uh, small mammals like red pandas and pangolins. They are out of the rather consumption communities, so uh, so I would like to request everyone who have a special love for the small wildlife, yeah. small mammals, small creatures like red pandas, to support uh, for their conservation in every way, not in a monetary way. They can do it in a raising awareness or uh, networking. DC.
0: No, that's a good yeah. There you go. Yeah. Big voice for, for a small mammal. Yes, definitely. And uh, the work that you're doing. So what's the outlook for red pandas right now? Is it, I know it's been tough through COVID. Is this, Is it seem like the population's stabling off or, or what's the long-term prognosis for this species?
1: Um. We don't have any definite number of the red panda populations because it's small and we need uh, we need to follow some genetic study on that one. But uh, but we have uh, quite a good numbers of red panda population in, in terms of Nepal. And and but 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 we have to work now uh if we have to save them for our our, our future generations and for the sake of the planet. Uh that's why we are working. We are working very hard in the field and in the text too. Uh, but but uh, we really need to think. We really need to think from our own side uh, and act now. Because you already mentioned that we already lost fifty percent of their population in only in the two decades of time period. That's huge. And and the IUCN has estimated that uh, the 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 scenario will be the same one if we do not act now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's yeah. So support the Red Panda Network like <laughs> that again. It, yeah. So I, I guess my final question, kind of where people can can help, um, you know, besides donating just money to the Red Panda Network, what else can they do? But one thing you're doing. It, is you have a YouTube channel? It's through the Red Panda Network, but it's Habre Guff Gaff. If I say that right. Uh, right, can you kind of explain what that is? And 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 I I threw it up there. I I started watching it, and um, you know, it looked fascinating. So if you can kind of talk about what that is real quick uh, before we plug mm-hmm. some social media stuff. Sure. Um,
1: yeah, it's Chris. Uh, it's it's called. Uh, if we have a um, difficulties, are uh, we had that's the, the that that case uh invention. So but during the COVID time, we have difficulties to go into the into our communities. So we we were looking for a platform to connect with the communities. And then we we started Habre So Habre is Habre is a Nepali name for Red Pandas. means chit chat. So we and it's not for the big people to come and come and talk. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the voice. We try to bring the voice of the local herders, the grassroots stakeholders who are the tree planters, who are the red panda protectors or forest guardians. We call them forest guardians who are the monitors of red pandas. And, uh, and the community leaders uh, who are um, planting trees. So. So it's a means of uh, means of communication uh, between community and and our stakeholders who are in the in the in the, in the, in the far world. Mm-hmm. So that one was very effective one, and it will remain in a forever in the YouTube. So so the the YouTube series called Half of yeah. uh is one of the platform to 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 engage our audiences or engage our supporters and our Grassroots
0: partners. yeah and yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely put the links uh in the show notes uh, final question what can our listeners do Sonam? I mean what you know what can I do here I mean I, I definitely will donate uh you know again uh, but what else could can we do to help red pandas
1: yeah everyone listening out there is uh, can be a chance can be a can be a part of change our Red Panda concepts in Namisa. So like Chris, you have invited me to your outstanding podcast because you are the voice of Red Panda concepts. So you are contributing uh, to the Red Panda concepts. So people out there, whatever means, they can be a, a voice of Red Panda. They can spread about the Red Panda concepts and things and awareness items to their friends and families. And they can teach their, uh, uh, children about red pandas and they can go to our website where they can, they can get resources and learn more about red pandas. And it's not only the monitoring, as I mentioned earlier. So be the voice of red panda conservation. And uh, if, if you can, you can, you can help us uh, you can donate, uh, uh, us, uh, through the link. On our website and our the link of the website
0: is redpandanetwork.org. Yeah, I was just looking it up. redpandanetwork.org. I will definitely put the links uh, in the show notes. And it, it was, you know, we, we covered them in episode 165, Red Pandas, and we're going to re-release that episode to highlight them mm-hmm. again. I mean, just a, a beloved animal. Uh, I have them here at my local zoo, which you've been to when you were living here in New right. Zealand. And... Right. I really, really, Nepal is, is one of the top countries in the world I I, I want to get to. So once travel gets a little bit more affordable, it's still a little out of reach. (laughs) I will try to come up. I will try to come up there. And and I don't know if I could trek around the mountains with you, but God, I would just love to to meet you or the the people in the Red Panda Network and, and thank them all for what they're doing. Sonam Lama, he is the conservation manager of Red Panda Network, Whitley Award winner in 2022 a true conservation hero. I mean, for me and, and my listeners, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, honestly, we get the emails all the time, social media, thanking us for for telling your story. Um, so thank you for for spending the, the hour with me. And thank you for what you do for red pandas and all the animals there in the world. It is greatly appreciated more than you know. Uh, but thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thank you, Chris, and the uh, entire team of the All Creatures podcast. Uh, it's my honor to to be here and speak about the Red Panda conservation that I love and uh, I do every day. And thank you, everyone who is listening to this podcast, and thank you for your support. And thank you, every uh, donors, supporters around the world, and you are part of the part of the Red Panda conservation. Without your support, we uh, uh, cannot do it.